Welcome to the Free Folk Gathering Podcast. Alex and Evie here. We are your new friends in business that you didn't even know you needed. Here to have honest conversation with a heavy dose of humor. We are bringing you our best leadership and mindset advice inspired by our own journeys, all to help you design a life that you love living while allowing room for growth, freedom, and legacy. to have you all back. I'm excited to dive into the freedom method. I'm so excited. Yeah? It's gold. Is it? You created gold. Well, we talked in our last episode as we were like setting up for this that you have been there through the process of like living it, right? Mm -hmm. Building it um, because everything that I come to my clients with are things that we've experienced in our business to create you know those tools and those resources that really support them in their growth and you'll remember Alex like (laughs) the discovery of freedom really being one of my like number one values Mm -hmm. it's in every you know any business that I start where I have a set of core values inside of that like freedom lives in each and every one and so it only made sense that the freedom method was what I really am bringing into into free folk coaching and moving forward with and I'm I'm pretty excited about it we are launching here pretty soon in about a month well exactly a month to the day actually our first group um, that's going to be ran through the freedom method and then turning that into a course that can be purchased um, by the end of q1 so that will be January 2022 January 2022. If they're not watching, they're listening to this. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, oh, thank you, As Alex. Out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so anyway, so by the end of um, March 2022, we're going to have this available. And it's just, I'm so excited about it. And I put a lot of love and attention and care into it. And I'm really pumped to run our first group through it. But I thought that it would be really cool to talk about it in like not only myself as a business owner, but Alex in, I mean, you're part of the implementation of this Mm -hmm. and I've been there through the process of like building up our company through the freedom method. Um, so I thought we could just dive into a little bit of, uh, what it is and your perception of it and share like kind of how we've gotten to be really to the place that we are right now. And these are the foundational pieces that allowed us to get to a place where we have a lot more freedom, independence, like joy, less overwhelm. I feel like we are so much, I mean, as a team, as a whole, and as a leadership team, really like on the same page about where we're going and what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Again, like, you know, it's pretty easy to get overwhelmed in business. And I feel like the way that we've set up, you know, how we manage our growth because in really simple bite-sized pieces, which I think has allowed us to move forward a lot faster. Like we don't get, yeah. you know, over analysis paralysis any yeah. longer. Will you share a little bit why freedom is such a important core value to you and your businesses? Yeah. So I think like for me personally, that's where, you know, like I, I remember going through, it was like a therapist, like three or four therapists ago. Um, Y'all know I like my therapy and I was going through therapy with Joe actually and he was having us really look at our home lives up until we got married, you know, kind of these separate lives that we were trying to mesh and mold together Mm -hmm. and he sent us this exercise to run through our personal values Mm -hmm. because it was important for us to not only like identify in the other person what, you know, what they valued but making sure that those were in alignment. So freedom was on this list of core values. Like this was long before I would have like ever really, you know, dove too deep into personal development beyond going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And so freedom was on the list. And I thought it was so strange at the time. Like I didn't choose that as a value, but I thought it was so strange at the time because like, that's not a value. Like that's, it's like a way of being like, Mm -hmm. that's not, you know, so later on, like I had gone back and utilized that practice um, of finding your values multiple times 
you know, past seeing Mm -hmm. him. And it was on there again. And I really started like thinking about how, you know, freedom to do what I want to do. That's always been important to me. Like I don't like being told Mm -hmm. what to do (laughs) and good or bad. Sometimes it's a great thing. Sometimes it's a not so great thing that I've had to work through. Mm -hmm. But it reminded me of really like, I want to be able to, I want to be free to um, follow my passion. I want to be free to have a purpose inside of me and feel comfortable and safe in pursuing that. I want the freedom to manage my time in a way that I enjoy, that makes me happy. I want freedom to, you know, pursue something if I want to pursue it. And so it really just stood out to me when I had gone back to, you know, to go over this practice. So then moving forward, it was like, you know, even in the salon, like when we talk about, you know, bespoke having freedom as a value, like it was freedom for stylists to be who they are. It was freedom for, you know, person that is in alignment with us to mm-hmm. be who they are. It was freedom for them to pivot and change and grow in their career. And, you know, I think till recently, like we've really um, leaned in mm-hmm. to that value of creating freedom Um, Now that we have like a really aligned team and, you know, mission that we're all on board with. So really, you know, to me and and why it was so important for me to help others do this is, you know, I work with mostly women in coaching Mm -hmm. and most of the time they're either married, have a family or on the, on the way to that. And you want the freedom to show up and serve your family and to serve your husband and to be a daughter and to be a sister and a friend in correlation with your business. Like you don't want to have to sacrifice one for another. I think most people think that that's the only way to get ahead. And so really setting people up with the freedom to know, like you can create a business that enhances your life. It doesn't take away from your personal life and how we create the foundational pieces to do that is through the freedom method. I agree. I think oftentimes freedom is looked at as an outcome of all of the rest of it and not putting that into your value system if that is important to you. It's really hard to to obtain then because you're looking for it after the cause of what you're doing versus it's living kind of a in mindset. that value. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really beautiful that you started out with Joe and really mm, – Pivot, pivoted that into all of the rest of your businesses that you're growing. Yeah, and it's it's so I love that freedom isn't an outcome. It is a mindset, mm-hmm. you know. And I think overcoming overcoming your mind and like the stories that you tell yourself, the stories that other people tell you about who you should be and how you should show up in your business. And I think like that hustle culture. Oh my god, I fucking hate it. Like, mm-hmm. and I loved, you know, I beforehand that hustle and grind like that was my thing yeah hustle and grind and I don't want to do that anymore like that's exhausting and it's not in alignment with who I am and like what I want to build and what I want to do so you know setting up everything in a way that it can grow and scale with minimal effort not minimal like energy minimal effort you know uh Denise Duffield Thomas that Mm -hmm. wrote get rich lucky bitch she in one of her I think is in chillpreneur um, talks about how it's not about no effort. It's just effortless. No, it's not no effort, effortless. And so that's really like, that was my mission is to build and grow and create things that were effortless. Well, and and, not forcing anything. Mm-hmm, yes. Being so open yeah. and connected. And I think, you know, let's just dive in yeah, to yeah, the yeah, freedom yeah. method. Cause now I'm going to yeah. start talking about it. <laughs> okay. So freedom method, it, what is it? As, um, Acronym? Acronym. Thank you. Is that the right word? Yeah, that is the right word. Okay, so it's an acronym. Freedom Method is an acronym. So, you know, we're just going to walk through each one and each piece just builds off of another. So um, the F is for find your why. And so what made me want to just go ahead and dive into this is like staying so connected to your why and your purpose Mm -hmm. and like what we're doing. And um, it's so funny because we've isn't it called just find your why or no? Yeah. Is it find your why? It's find your why. Uh, what's his bucket? What, what's, <laughs> what's his, his bucket? Simon Sinek. 
mm-hmm. Simon Sinek. What a great book. Like, didn't expect it to be as good as it was. I didn't either. But even it's though good. I picked it. Yeah. But it was really good. Well, they can't all be bangers. Like, they're not always going to be the greatest books. I got a lot more value out of it than I was anticipating. Yes, I did too. It, like, and it was, like, not emotional. Like, it was dry. It was, you know, compared mm-hmm. to, like, some of the shit that we're reading. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so good. I really loved it. So, really connecting into your why. And it's not your – it's not the doing and it's not even the how. Like, it's your being. Like, what is it in your being of what you're doing? And the reason that I have this is, like, the first step is really, you know – connecting to your why that's part of like why do you do what you do and I think we get so caught up in the day-to-day yes that we lose track of that mm-hmm. so I'm curious like in your experience like kind of seeing this play out because you know yes like I own bespoke but we all are like who we're all who have built it mm-hmm. to be what it is today on our leadership team and really you know everyone has been a part of like the tapestry of bespoke salon company and yes. like what's ultimately led it to what it is good bad or otherwise and um so you know from your perspective of like kind of I feel like we've always been connected to the why but I do think we've lost our you know I, I can think of a couple of years ago when I feel like that was kind of lost mm-hmm. for myself at least and really I think for me it was just getting caught up in like the image or the expectation of what it should be or what it should look like and not really staying grounded. So I'm just curious from your perspective, like watching the process of us kind of flipping and turning our business around as we have in the last few years, like what that looked like to you. The biggest pieces for me that like connect with this are the bad and the otherwise. Like the good is really easy to Mm -hmm. stay connected to that. And to have a clarity around it. But the bad and the otherwise and the things that are happening that aren't in alignment or don't feel great are also contributing to your why and to your purpose. So with each each experience, being able to really kind of debrief that and figure out what's working in this, what's not working, how is this contributing or hindering our purpose, And truly just coming back to why was this created in the first place and also allowing space for that to grow because it's a much bigger vision now than it was a year ago, than it was five years ago. It's always evolving. So I think being able to look at it in a sense of the why can change, but being grounded in your values, being grounded in where you're at and where you're wanting to go. And shifting as that shifts. Well, and I think like when Simon Sinek was talking about the why, the why never changes. Like the pieces and the pivots Mm -hmm. happen, but the why doesn't change. Like the why you're doing and it, your why can show up in a multitude of ways. And so thinking like our why has always been to serve, you know, others and abundantly and like Mm -hmm. to help them create a beautiful life and to help them. Um, be the best versions of themselves and that's never changed the way that we've done it might yeah. you know the way that we've um, served our teammates or the processes and the systems mm-hmm. and you know the services that we offer like that might have changed over time and pivoted yeah. but the why never and that why never changes mm-hmm. and even like um, you know your personal why like even if you know yeah like I own businesses but my why like, is to help other people find their purpose and to live in it authentically and abundantly. And that happens in every single business that I own um, and every, every single thing that I do. And it might look differently on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, the pieces and the how might look differently, but the why is still the same. Which is why it's so important to identify what it is that you're doing, but deeper than that, the purpose of it. Like the true base level, like what is... What's the purpose? Because if it's for financial reward or if it is for something tangible, Mm. it's not going to be Mm. successful. And if it is, it's not going to be sustainable. Or fulfilling. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, I mean, what a segue into the R. Recognize your core values. What a fucking game changer. I feel like this is what. Oh, man. It was this a, is it. <laughs> it was a huge piece. Yeah. So really diving into like, you know, the, the importance of identifying your values. And I mean, I feel like um, sometimes, I'll, you know, I'll have business owners come to me in coaching and they're like, all of this shit is happening. Like things are crazy, you know, just this shit pile of like stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, like what are your values? And they're like, what the fuck? Like, I don't need to talk about values right now. Like <laughs> yeah. trying to like fix everything. And I'm always like, I know it sounds silly, but this is the most important thing that you can do for yourself in business. And I think, you know, when you're first starting a business, okay, you don't know you're just like making decisions and like you're trucking along and things feel, you know, it's really the easiest that it will be Mm -hmm. because it's like this, you know, it's easy to build something from, you know, brand new and like it's exciting. And most of the time you're just really passionate about what you're Mm -hmm. doing, which is why you're turning, you know, into a business. And then like, there's all of these things that you have to do and there's all of these questions that you have to answer. And there's all of these decisions that you have to make and like how you're going to grow your Mm -hmm. business and what it's going to look like and how you're going to do your pricing and all you know whatever it is like fill in the blank and I always say like identifying your values is the perfect filter to run everything through to figure out if it truly is in alignment with what you're wanting to do and it's like a roadmap you know to like Mm -hmm. oh okay like yeah that is in alignment with me wanting to you know have freedom or legacy is something you know is one of mine for free folk agency so you know if if it's not going to somehow build something that's Mm -hmm. going to be long lasting like I don't want to do it and so running that through but I think running every decision through that but I think where it became really like life-changing and such a game changer for the salon company was really in identifying like people that were on our team like, were yeah. they in, in alignment with our value system? And really being very, very clear and having this understanding that somebody who isn't in alignment with that, there's nothing wrong with them. They simply just aren't going to appreciate the things that we're doing because they're not in alignment with it. And I think that, like like I said, like that was the biggest, I think uh, when we started living in that, like it was really, really clear and it happened very, very quickly And I think the other piece of that was being really unapologetic about what our values were. Like we weren't unapologetic and so transparent. Yes. And we weren't going to sacrifice anything. No. For, you know, those values stood no matter what. Doesn't mean you're right. I'm wrong. Like vice versa. It just means that this is what it is and it's important to us. So if it's not important to you, like it's not going to be a good fit and that's okay. I see this in literally every decision that I make or that is made for the salon, whether it be for the guest, for the team, for the space, like every decision is like just ingrained in my logic now, like run through our values and is this cohesive with that? And if it is, great. And if it's not, then it's a really clear indication that it's not not the right decision. A lot of us are feelers. So it's hard sometimes to make decisions because you're feeling really strongly one way about it or the other. Uh, Or you can be really data-driven and sometimes things that would be a good fit don't make a lot of sense with the data. So being able to have your values identified and knowing that that is like a guiding principle with every decision being made. What a good like, yeah, way of looking at that. Because really, I mean, on either side, no matter who you are, like how you operate, like if you're type A, whatever, it is, it just kind of pulls that emotion or lack of emotion Mm -hmm. out of something. And it's not that you don't listen to your intuition, but it's like, okay, again, if ultimately like what I'm trying to accomplish um, on the other side of this decision is not in alignment with these values that I have, it's not fucking worth it. It's not, no matter how great it sounds, because there's definitely been things that I feel like on paper, yes, like we could look at it and be like, yeah, this looks great. Like Mm -hmm. this is a great move, like financially it would provide or whatever. 
And then when you run it through and you look at it really deep down, you're like, oh yeah, like that's it. I it feel be, like that comes up for me mm-hmm. a lot now because I'm like, well, yeah, like I have a skill set to serve someone in this way. But if I'm setting myself up for, you know, freedom, well, this is going to take a lot of my time. And although like financially I would gain from this, mm-hmm. it's not going to ultimately fit in with my value of wanting to create more freedom. Yeah. And so you turn it down. I don't know. I think like once you get grounded in it, though, you're kind of like, it kind of makes you feel powerful. Like, fuck, like I don't have to do anything that's not in alignment with who I am and what's really important to me. It gives you such a confidence in the decisions that you're making. I would agree. It takes the guesswork out of it. Yep. I would 100%. I agree with that. Um, Like we said, I mean, it's just been such a big piece of who we are. And, And I think too, like in hiring a team, it made it so much easier to kind of see who was the right, um, not right, in alignment, like authentically in alignment with who we are. Yes, because our why and our vision, being able to serve others and take care of others, right? Then when you go into a hiring process and someone needs you and needs a space that they can grow in and feel safe in, like that's part of that vision, right? But if their values aren't the same, then you're going into really kind of a savior complex, right? So... (laughs) That's another episode, man. We could talk a long time about that's bit. That was a huge, that was a huge problem for me. Yeah. So it might be in alignment with your why, but then running it through the values on top of that, mm-hmm. it the, might yes. be not the best fit because reach it. Because you're not able to like that's again. It's not sustainable. It's yes. not going to be a good fit for both of you. And if it's not a good fit for both, it's a bad fit for both. That was one thing too, like, um, you know, again, like I feel like write this down, Alex, we need to talk about this more in another episode. (laughs) That was one of the things that like, if it's not good for me, it's not good for you. Like, Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I mean, that might sound so simple, but that was like a huge mind shift, mindset shift that I had to have of like, what's not good for me is really not good for the other person involved too. It might, they might think it's good, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's really not. Like if, if we have an energetic, that's what a relationship is, right? An energetic exchange. And if one person is giving more than the other, like that ain't good. Mm -hmm. It's not sustainable. You don't live joyfully. When you're holding yourself back from space where you can allow people who are a good fit and you're holding them back from whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck's meant for them. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. I could talk all day. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so yes, we've done find your why, recognizing your values, really could talk about values all day. I don't feel like people ever truly grasp the importance of them. Like it's, it's a huge piece. So we'll move on. We'll leave that, you know, the rest of that conversation for another episode, a whole episode about values. Okay, so FR and then our first E is evolve your vision. And this is really evolving your vision with your why and your values in mind. Again, most of the time people start a business with their vision. And again, like you kind of are just making these decisions because you think it's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. So really like sitting down and identifying, okay, like what is the vision of what you want for your life? Whether that's 10 years out, five years out, one year out, 90 days out, like whatever feels right to really sit down and say like, what do you want? And to think bigger Mm -hmm. you know I don't think that people think big enough like be a dreamer in this phase and then making sure that that vision is in alignment with the why the purpose and that it's in alignment with the values Mm -hmm. again like just you know a tangible like example but if I'm setting up processes and systems or like you know uh, my vision around this working all the time you know something that's going to mean I have Mm -hmm. to work all the time and my value is freedom like that's not going to work yeah right like I can't set my vision up in a way that's not in alignment with those things and again have sustainability or allow it to make sense you know throughout the process so it's really going back and identifying what your vision is and pushing like making it bigger than 
what you allow. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't want to say it out loud because it's like if they say what they want out loud yeah. and they don't get it, it's like in some way some type of failure. Mm-hmm. It's like that's not at all what it is. You have to be able to speak to it and be able to believe that you are capable of achieving that. Even if it's scary, right? Like, encourage everyone to dream a little bit bigger and to set goals and dreams that kind of terrify you. I because just, that's those are the ones that are worth having. I just told somebody earlier, like, I mean, half the time I want to shit my pants because yeah. I'm like, what the fuck do... <laughs> What yeah. the fuck am I getting into today? Um, you know, what risk am I going to take for growth? And you know what? Sometimes they turn out great. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't. But nonetheless, like I'm just one step closer to where I'm meant to be. Yeah. So what is that? Like shoot for the moon and land in the stars. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So corny, but it's like kind of true. It's true. Yeah. And be open to the pivots that come along the way, like identifying your vision. And if you decide to like move away from that and go in a different direction, like that's great. Like that is what the fucking journey is about. But have an idea of where you're wanting to go like long term so that you can set your business up in a way that fulfills that. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it doesn't even have to be a business like your life. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Your relationships, like what you yeah. want for yourself in your marriage, what you want to be as a mom. I mean, that's mm-hmm. – and honestly, even if you have a business, like that should be the first piece that you're working on in your vision because then you're going to build a business that is in – like supports that yeah. life that you want for yourself. Yeah. I've heard this before. I, I can't remember who it was, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But it was really like your life is going to happen – regardless so it's either going to happen by design Mm -hmm. or it's going to happen by chance chance and and when in that situation you're a victim of it you know like so you get to decide you get to to build a life Mm -hmm. by design or you get to just let life happen to you um and so again like that just goes back to the piece of like figuring out what you want and I think for us in our business what really changed it as a leadership team and bringing you on you know bringing on I mean Julie, Alex, um, Mariah, and June um, on the leadership team was once, and really we started, okay, back up, Evie. Once we, <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting excited. <laughs> once I brought you guys into the vision that was living in my head and I wasn't afraid to mm-hmm. say it, and we built a boundary around the fact that, like, I'm going to say that this is my vision and nobody's going to bank on this. Like, because A, it might change, mm-hmm. and B, like, I'm not, there is action and there's time that's going to, that it's going to take for us to get here, mm-hmm. but ultimately, this is where I want to go, and when I let go of that pressure of, like, if I say this out loud, I have to do it, mm-hmm. and we created that boundary and that understanding, it was, like, I feel like you guys were more, like, fuck, yeah, we're going to do that vision. And it really collectively, like, brought us together and, like, working towards a common goal. Yeah. Then we went one step further. We started telling the team. And I used to be very, like, oh, like, it's going to scare them. Like, I can't tell them too much because it's going to scare them. Because it had happened before where, again, like, whatever it is, people's egos, they hear something and they're, like, that's a lot of work or I don't feel worthy of being in that situation, Mm -hmm. whatever it was. And then I started realizing like, hey, if they're like scared by my vision, they're not in alignment with my values. Mm -hmm. Like if they're scared to the point of like not being able to move forward or like, you know, there's a difference between being like screwed and like still doing it, you know, like doing it screwed. Yeah. And being in like like paralyzed from the fear Mm -hmm. of it. So when we started like sharing this with the team and like kind of letting them see into like the the wild like dreams that we had mm-hmm. for ourselves and for the company and for them, it was like we kind of repelled the people that didn't want to like be in that. Yeah. Which was great. It released them to go do what they wanted to do. And then we kept the people that were like, fuck yeah, that sounds awesome. And then attracted the people oh that God. were going to add add to that. I think a big piece of that too from my perspective is like 
you're not responsible for my vision and my why. Like, I can want to be a part of what you're creating, but I think for you being able to voice it and speak it and know, like, if that's not what Alex wants, that's not a reflection of the greatness that yours is, right? Well, and it allowed us the opportunity to make sure that our values are in alignment Mm -hmm. and our vision is in alignment. Yeah. So I almost see this phase as like a rebranding. Like it took a leap to find your why and it took Mm -hmm. specifically in starting a business. Like that was a big step and a big, a big thing, right? Mm -hmm. So you started it, you have created your values, you're operating out of those. And then this is a really an opportunity for you to dig a little bit deeper to like redream and to restructure if that's what's needed or just to like push the narrative a little bit um well when we start pushing that narrative and when we start dreaming a little bit bigger inevitably that ego starts popping up so um we've had the fre and we're gonna hit the second e there which is exit of the ego and um originally i had this as oh i think i had it as like ego death or something and i was (laughs) i don't know like i know like in a lot of like psychedelics like people will take psychedelics and talk about this ego death and so (laughs) i was saying like at this phase you're gonna go out with like a shaman and like (laughs) do a vision quest and we're just going to kill the ego (laughs) Oh my god um but i thought that that might be a little intense for most people so we changed it to exit of the ego so exit of the ego really is identifying like how the ego plays into your fear around mm-hmm. something and the main emotion of the ego is fear mm-hmm. and so when we like push a little bit bigger and we start like making plans for this vision like the ego's job is to keep us safe and so the ego's like whoa hold on we don't know what that looks like on the other side and if we dream that big we might fail and the ego's not there to like ruin your life like the ego genuinely is there to protect you and it's just trying to keep you safe and so really like for me it was a big lesson of not being upset with that not being angry with mm-hmm. the ego, not judging it, not judging myself. The ego is like, that's not even you. Those are your thoughts. That's your past conditioning. That's, you know. Really like, your subconscious. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I feel like, the, like we could talk a whole episode about this one. Adding it to the list. <laughs> really our subconscious, that's our ego. So all of your past conditioning, all of the stories that you've told yourself or that have been told to you, your, really your fear. Yep. So really, I mean, we have to identify like the, the main step, the first step really in this is awareness and Mm -hmm. like being aware of what it is. And so this is a huge part. And like, if we're going to move forward with this vision and we're going to stand on our values and we're going to stay connected to our why, like we have to figure out ways to not only reaffirm new thought processes that might differ from what our ego is telling us. That's what I like to call like mm-hmm. the authentic or true thoughts, the reality mm-hmm. versus what the ego, like what our brain is trying to tell us. You kind of have to have a protocol of like how you're going to manage that when it comes up and how to be aware of it. And really like that's, it's not hard to do like once you do it. Like Mm -hmm. once you dig through your shit enough to see it for what it is, you just get better and better and better and better and better at seeing it when it comes up. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it goes away. It just means you get better recognizing. I mean, we we were at breakfast in our leadership meeting the other day and I'm like crying over something so silly. And I'm like, I know this is silly. And like, I can also tell that it's triggering something, but what would have took me like maybe weeks to like to overcome or what would have made me angry or you know like kind of blame it on something Mm -hmm. else I could see it pretty quickly for what it was yeah Uh, and it wasn't reality like it wasn't Mm -hmm. true so that's a huge piece of like okay we've identified our vision like we've pushed it a little bit further we're dreaming bigger now 
we've got to like address like the elephant in the room that's gonna try to tell us that we're shit Mm -hmm. and we can't fucking do it and you know we can never accomplish it we're not worthy of it we're not enough to manage it that's where I think that busyness in our head comes in I'm like that that really can be paralyzing I've been there my favorite way of thinking about this is in the untethered soul Mm. when they're talking about your ego and imagine that as your roommate Okay, and you guys are sitting on the couch together, and that's another person. Like, whatever's going on in your head is another person saying all of those things to you. And how long would you put up with that? And how long would you be able to last before you tell them to, like, shut the fuck up? Not long. Right? I mean, yeah. That's a, it is, so that's that's a, a good one. That's a really, like, tangible way for me when I am. Mm-hmm. My ego is being triggered by something to be able to look at it and be like, can I separate my feeling around it and identify the fact that that is truly like self-preservation that is all of these things trying to keep me safe? And can I push past that line and let that go? Like, I feel like once you like understand it and you see it, it's like, oh my God, like I can't unsee that. Mm -hmm. Like once you see how the hot dog was made, you're like, ooh. I can't unsee that. Yeah, not go back. Like that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't real me. Okay, not go back. Yes, <laughs> that ain't reality. Yeah, it's and such a great like really even you know do you talk to your are you talking or is like the voices in your head like I think we've already said like that's not you like that is not who you really mm-hmm. are like that is your subconscious but you would never talk to anybody else the way that those voices talk to yourself. You would never allow that. So really just diving in and understanding like how that ego is going to, you know, really continuously pop up in that vision as you're building it. And to me, like that's, you have to do that. Like that's the mindset work. Like that's the, that's the piece that we have to overcome in order to glow up you know Mm -hmm. into like this version of ourselves that that can accomplish Mm -hmm. that vision um okay so f-r-e-e d is dominate your vision and this is the part where we really start diving into like the tangible steps so we've kind of done the being side of it now Mm -hmm. we're getting into the doing side of it so dominating that vision is breaking it down into a three-year one-year and 90-day plan on how we're going to do the foundational pieces of that vision like how are we setting ourselves up now for where we want to be 10 years from now and this again was a huge piece for the salon because we did this together I mean it's the framework of the coaching that I do with everyone now because it's I think again we get overwhelmed with the vision Mm -hmm. and if we can break it down into these smaller bite-sized pieces because even when we have the 90 days then we break it down Every week, we're like, what is the next week going to accomplish? And what are we going to accomplish the next week? Yeah, how can I implement this in a way that is going to contribute to the vision in a year, in three years, in 10 years, but also not be so overwhelming right now? It really gives you a sense of, like, this is doable. Yes. Oh, my gosh, yes. And I think, you know, it allowed us to start, like, working our resources and pushing – you know, really creating a lot of accountability in what we were going to do. Like, okay, we're going to have this done in one week. Yeah, I think that was a huge piece for us. And then revisiting that quarterly as a team. And, and really, this is what I go in and help, you know, businesses do for themselves and with their teams is break down like, okay, like how I know like this is overwhelming in your head, but let's start breaking this down into the small pieces that we can manage and we can do and we can take care of. And again, we're creating more headspace. Mm -hmm. So that you can move forward with freedom of mind. Yeah. I feel like before we did this, we were just like running on a hamster wheel. Like we weren't actually making any progress. Oh my God. But the to-do list kept coming. And and it was a fucking mess. And it was kind of a disaster. Yeah. It (laughs) was a fucking mess. Before we started doing this. And it was, I'm not going to lie, kind of a hard process to begin with. Like we had to reframe a lot of things. And we... That's where we like had to do like, you know, there's only so much time in the day, right? And like here we're having mm-hmm. to fucking add in these meetings and, you know, how we're going to get these pieces done. And now it's like, it literally like I could not imagine 
not taking the time. No. And so going back to like, you know, I feel like we were in last episode when we said like, you can't afford not to do it. Mm -hmm. And so again, like it was a hard process because we've like had to kind of unlearn some stupid shit that Mm -hmm. we got caught up in. Yep. But again, like it saved time, like spending time on it Mm -hmm. saved time. I'm going to keep saying that you got to slow down to speed up. Yeah. Like sometimes it's a step backwards to take five forward. And when you're really action oriented, like that's difficult. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to act like it's not. It's not the easiest transition, but it is like I have to force myself sometimes to do it now. Like, and it's not like I like doing anything out of force, but it's I have to make myself stop. You have to consciously say like, this is not going to serve me if I continue down the path that I'm going. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a step back. Yep. Take a breath. Re. I'm in a, I have a like to-do list, the length of my Mm -hmm. arm and I'm going to stop and meditate for a minute. Like what the fuck? Yeah. You know, never in a million years did I think that (laughs) would have been my fucking Mm -hmm. reaction to something. But it's like, okay, like if I don't have room in my head, I just do a little bit of this task, a little bit of this task, a little bit of this task. And by the end of the day, I don't get anything done. Like yeah. I just got little bits of everything done. Versus if I step back, meditate, create the headspace, then I can be like, okay, in order for me to accomplish this, I have to get this accomplished first. So I'm going to do this. And then, you know, these are the pieces that really are important to have mm-hmm. done. And these are the pieces that I'm putting on myself that I don't really actually need to do mm-hmm. um, right now or maybe at all, but I'm doing it because I think I need to do it. Yeah. Like stepping back and seeing it for what it really is. Okay. We've figured out our plan, right? Like dominated our vision, figured out the plan of what we're doing. Then, yes, the ego plays a part as a barrier, but there's also sometimes like actual tangible barriers Mm -hmm. that have to be overcome. Yeah. So the next one, once we hit the O, is overcoming the barriers. And, you know, money, um, schedule, like there's all of these things that can kind of come up as a barrier. And, you know, we're not going to pretend like they're not there. So we're going to write them out. We're going to figure out what they are. And we're going to say, like, is this worth overcoming? Is this, you know, is it something that we can overcome? And I can think of this in correlation of, like, when we did start, like, meeting regularly. I really don't believe that you can have a business and have a team and not meet on, like, a weekly or biweekly basis. Mm -hmm. You know, but that was a huge piece for us to overcome. Like we had to, you know, so we're writing down like our schedule is a barrier. Well, really when you write it down and like, again, we like create a headspace to really focus on it. Then you realize like, okay, like I can either bitch about this being a barrier and like, or I can just fucking move on with it and like overcome it Mm -hmm. and create the change that I'm wanting to create. So we want to like break down those barriers, figure out if there's a plan. And I think this is what's great about like, doing this process in like a group program or how we're going to be setting it up in the future is that like sometimes you just need another set of eyes yeah, on those barriers to figure out that plan and also to be like, dude, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Like, I know it feels really big, but what I'm telling you is like, you can fucking do it. Like you can overcome that. Yep. And if you need help, like being able to identify, sometimes it's not just on you. Sometimes you need permission to say like, this is something you can outsource or this is something that needs to be handled yes but not your responsibility necessarily to take care of and i think i mean oh my god again like just like we've got a whole list of episodes here because <laughs> this need to like do everything i don't you know i i get it because i did it like i get it kind of like i did it but i don't really understand why i felt the need to have to do every single little piece of my business like it's okay to outsource it. It's okay to ask your employees to do their job. Like Mm -hmm. that's what they're there for. That's what they want to do. And so, you know, whatever that, whatever that barrier is, whatever, whatever it is, like there's a plan to overcome it. Like where there's a will, there's a way. And you have to choose whether, like how committed are you to overcoming that for your vision? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, then we need to reevaluate what your vision is so that that's not a barrier any longer. Yep. And if you're unwilling to do that, then you need to fucking buck up and get committed to overcoming your barrier. Like, you only have so many options here. Yep. And this is where that, like, inspired action and taking action comes into play. Like, we can manifest something, but if we're not committed to what it takes to, like, utilize what's being given to us Mm -hmm. or utilize the opportunities, 
Like that's either not what you want or you're getting caught up in your ego. So I think it's like just a, an opportunity to really break down. Like where is that? Is that barrier real? Mm-hmm. And if it is, like if you're committed, we're going to figure out a plan to overcome it. This is also speaking to the fact that like if you're unwilling to overcome it, then you are most likely out of alignment with the rest of it. So that dedication level and your commitment level, if it is not really, really high and it's not really, really important to you, then what's the why and is it worth doing? 100%. It's um, that commitment level and going back. You know, I was outlining with Julie recently, like what's worked. Mm-hmm. You know, as we kind of develop like new products for our clients and coaching moving forward in, you know, in this coming year. Um, we were identifying like what has allowed us to get to this point. And that was, you know, one of the pieces that I talked about with her was really identifying like my commitment level every day. Mm-hmm. And I got this from Sarah Yost when I was doing life coaching with her. And she was like, every day, just like ask yourself, like, what is your commitment level mm-hmm. to overcoming this? Because it's easy to get wrapped up in the negativity of it and being like, why the fuck is this happening to me or whatever, you know, like, and it's like, okay, like, again, like, this is happening for a reason, mm-hmm. but what's my commitment level to like moving past this? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that she said, and it was really interesting to me was sometimes it's not, sometimes your commitment level that day is not going to be very high and that's okay. Like, don't judge yourself mm-hmm. for it. Like, just let it be. Um, but don't take that as like how you're going to feel tomorrow because you would wake up the next day and it's like, no, my commitment level is a 10. Like as a woman specifically, like there's a ton of factors that can make you feel a certain way in yeah. one day. Like you could have not drank enough water, like your hormones are like, there's a ton of shit mm-hmm. that can just mess up. And so it's like, just take it for what it is. Reevaluate your commitment level the next day. If you're consistently not committed to it, maybe you need a pivot. But being open, you know, knowing what those barriers are is the first step of overcoming it. Because again, we're like, we can't do that. We can't do that. And then when you really ask why, it's like, oh, like, it's really not that we can't do it. It's that like either I'm scared or it's not right. Okay, so we're going to end it with with the end, which is making moves. Making moves. This is just like the, the inspired action part of it. What are you, you know, actually moving forward now with this vision? And it becomes second nature. I mean... You can speak to that, like the things that we do now, like all of these pieces, like it's just so ingrained in in who we are in our culture. Yeah, the doing is so easy. The moves are so easy when the rest of it is identified and like in alignment with where you're at because it's really hard to do when the being isn't right. And the first portion of this is your beingness. So making moves, I mean, tangibly like the meetings are – helpful because we identify to-dos weekly and monthly identify or quarterly identify what we're going to be doing and focusing on to get us to the why and to the vision but that's just I feel like an outcome of the rest of it yeah and I think I mean well that like goes from being authentic to being in force and like Mm -hmm. knowing like when we are authentically like in our being we're connected to like the the pieces that we need to be connected to Mm -hmm. It does. I mean that you just, the rest of it just falls in, in alignment. And I think too, also like not every, I mean, it's not all hunky dory. Like there's things that come up that are problematic and we have shit happen, but it's like, we know we can handle it. We're not like getting. I feel like nothing is like that big of a deal. Like after doing this work and now living in it for however long we've been doing it, things do come up, right? And shit goes wrong. (laughs) Go, get sideways but nothing is truly like that big of a deal I think about the past year and everything that oh my god like business wise has gone on and at the end of the day like it's all worked out yeah and well, the and only thing that we can control is our reaction to it ultimately we have proof too and I think that like that's part of like it's really like you have to have faith in the moments where you don't mm-hmm. have proof that it's gonna work out mm-hmm. like that's where it Oh my God. Okay. I got to read that post. Yes. Okay. So I follow Manifestation Babe on Instagram and she made this post the other day and it was like, oh my God, it was so 
good. And I've literally shared it with, you know, a million people already, I feel like. But I'm going to read it here because that's it just makes me think of that. So here it is. Manifestation Babe on Instagram. She's a delight. Um, and her post reads as this. The cosmic joke of it all is that the universe delights in surprising you. It takes you through twists and turns, throwing you off at every corner to ensure that you get the joy of being surprised at how beautifully everything worked out. I mean, how boring would life be if we could predict every little detail of how we would meet the love of our life? Which program of ours would be the one to shift thousands of lives in a single year? Which home in which city would be the one to become our private sanctuary? Which career would actually end up being the most fulfilling? And which opportunity that we said yes to was the one to take off? And in the meantime, while things don't look promising at all, that is when we learn to have faith. Because when does faith actually matter? When does have faith go from an Instagrammable graphic we like to reshare for shits and giggles to actual real life application when things aren't working out, when we're confused, when the opportunity we thought would work out lets us down, when who we thought was the love of our life leaves us, when the money in the bank decreases, when we or someone we love gets sick, when the launch we thought would be our million dollar launch completely flops, that's when having faith becomes real. That's when the universe most delights in the surprising us, when we least expect it. When we have no idea what could possibly shift in the 11th hour, when we have almost given up but not quite. The unpredictability of how our manifestations unfold is what makes life fun and exciting. But until you see it that way and reframe the meaning to be that meaning, you're in for a tumultuous ride. Revel in the excitement, revel in the surprise, revel in the unknown. Trust that you've always been in on the cosmic joke of surprise. You just have forgotten it. Trust that the universe has got you and will never let you down. Trust that you will come back to this post one day laughing at just how smoothly things ended up working out. So manifestation, babe, that post was just like pure gold. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I do, I look back and I laugh at things sometimes because I'm like, oh fuck, like I remember being so stressed out about this and it's totally fine. Yeah. So I feel like uh, that's the best note to end on. Mm -hmm. Thanks you guys so much for listening and we will catch you in the next episode. Mm -hmm.